We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to the Esports Biz Show. I'm your host, Justin Jacobson. This week we'll be discussing college esports. Just as a disclaimer, nothing here is intended as legal advice, so all the information is for educational purposes only. This week's guest is Bennett Newsom. Bennett is a Twitch partner and the director of esports growth and development at Full Sail University, where he works to grow and build Full Sail's esports culture. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So to start tell us a little about your past esports and gaming experience and was the first game you played and how'd you get into the esports business yeah so you know i've been uh, a, a lifelong gamer uh like most people in the space um my parents had an atari when i was a kid and i like the first thing that i can think of when it comes to like gaming was um the game pitfall on atari and i played that uh a ton with my sister we had a blast it was a lot of fun and um a bunch of games after that but i i think one near and dear to my heart was it was doom you know um and i remember you know some christmas morning <clears throat> my parents had gotten me the sega 32x which was like the thing that you put on top of your sega genesis to give it 32 bits instead of 16 and they got doom and i played this game nonstop it was like the first game i ever really truly fell in love with um and uh you know <laughs> that game obviously has grown into something completely different now you know but um that was that was the first the kind of the first love for me for for that so uh you know been going through that for a real long time and um had a had a couple different passions gaming's always been one of them but then uh, music, uh, you know, started to, you know, come up and I, and I started, you know, wanting to learn to play guitar and sing and, and do all of that. And, uh, then played music for like almost like 18 years. I want to say a bunch of different bands toured a lot, did all of that. And then, um, all while doing that was still gaming and, and right towards the end of like my music career is when I found Twitch and that was like a huge like eye opening thing. And surprising there's a, like a lot of parallels between you know being in a band and performing on stage and like you know streaming on twitch and so when i found twitch i just really started to dive into it like head first and put a lot of time um you know into into streaming and, and just falling in love with that and uh that kind of changed the whole thing i was like no longer playing music and no longer tuning, you know but i was streaming and building a community and doing all of that and, um you know it was just really uh something that um I really enjoyed that kind of like opportunity to get outside of, you know, the world almost, you know, I've 
play games with people that live in Australia and, uh, you know, overseas in, in London and like all these different places where you, I would have never, you know, had the opportunity to meet these people if it wasn't for gaming. Um, and so, uh, you know, the, the journey has been a, a really cool and, uh, interesting one, you know, as, as far as, uh, uh, you know, transitioning from music to gaming, but then it just really, um, it really fit and, and felt like home, you know, when I found this, this community, especially on Twitch. And then, you know, that leads to all the other things, you know, uh, which is, which is really cool. I never thought playing, you know, video games on the internet would lead to a whole new career for me, which, uh, was, uh was pretty awesome amazing well you know someone who came from the music world and you know in this esports universe as well it's always exciting to see a fellow traveler we would <laughs> say and so tell us a little about you know full sail university their esports program you know why was it started and you know what are some of the offerings yeah definitely so you know one of the things that's um you know pretty cool about full sail is it, it's a very unique school um and it's very different from uh, you know, most, most other schools, it's, uh, an accelerated pace program. Um, you're able to get your degree, uh, your bachelor's degree in about two years. Um, and it's very hands-on, very, um, you know, um, you know, project-based learning type of things. So, uh, and we, we focus in entertainment, media, arts, and technology. Um, and so this is an opportunity for students that have, you know, a passion for things like gaming, our film or recording to, to actually go into the studios and the sound stages and, and, and get their hands dirty, uh, which is really cool. So full sale is definitely a very unique, uh, you know, um, you know, type of school, but, um, what got me involved in it is I was planning to go to full sale. I, uh, uh, was still playing music, still touring. And my admissions representative said, Hey, don't come here yet. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, uh, and it was like that authenticity, right? Like, I was like, no, you're doing something cool right now and you should do it while you're young. You're not going to be able to tour and play music while, um, you know, being a student here. Like you really, you, you need to put your time into, into being in the studio and doing all the things behind the scenes. And if you're not ready to do that yet and step off the stage, you know, maybe it's not the right time. And I was like, that's pretty cool advice. I would, wasn't expecting that from someone, you know, like, uh, and, and so obviously continued on the music industry. But when I finally started to settle down, I was like, uh, you know, I really wanted to get involved in full sale. And so, uh, went back and, and got a job at admissions with, uh, with that guy, which was pretty funny. Um, but the cool part about, I think full sale, like specifically is that you're able to go in and really put in the time, get out there, graduate, get into the industry, get started and and that's um you know a really big part of um you know w what our degrees are focused on so um you know when it comes to like esports obviously that's something that we've been involved in, in for quite a, a long time and we got started in it from a uh production standpoint um so early in the days of esports and everybody just kind of called it you know pro gaming back then uh we were doing like MLG events uh, on campus, uh, working with Red Bull, working with um, EA to do different events in our live venues. Um, and so we would put on the production, right? And so all the, the lighting and the staging, the cameras, uh, all of that was, you know, run by our students. Um, and it was a great experience for all of our students to be involved in that. They were getting real world education, uh, you know, uh, at school. And these, uh, these events were really cool, you know, 
some of the biggest names in esports now were you know young kids at the time playing in these events at full sail um which was which was huge so that was like 2011 ish uh 12 2012 uh, as well and so we we got into the, like the esports uh space from that perspective um uh, and then, you know, we started to really pay attention to that. You know, we're, we're very lucky that our administration uh, has, you know, finger on the pulse almost like of, of what's coming down. And, you know, we talk to our grads, we, we really focus on, hey, what, what are you guys doing? You know, what, what's the next thing? And a lot of our production, you know, folks were saying, hey, you know, it's no longer we're going out on the road with these huge pop tours, but we're actually starting to do a lot of these gaming events. And so... Um, we started to pay attention more to that. And then in 2017 is when we officially entered the collegiate space for the competition side. And we formed our team. Uh, we announced uh, Armada, which is our, our varsity uh, esports uh, organization here at the school. And, um, uh, you know, now we started to compete in events as well as be a place, uh, you know, to hold events. And, and in 2019, we built uh, the Fortress, which is the Full Sail University Orlando Health Fortress uh, right here on a campus. It is a, an incredible space. Uh, it is actually the largest esports arena on any college campus. And this is like a spectator area. Like, right, this isn't necessarily like your typical land center where there's a bunch of computers and people just come in and play. This is like full on production space. And so we've been able to work with a ton of different folks to bring clients in to put on events so that our students are then able to come and work these events, get hands on. Uh, experience, put that in the resume because there's nothing more powerful than gaining that experience when you're a student um, and then graduating and already having, you know, Red Bull or NBA 2K League or uh, Blizzard, you know, and, and Hearthstone like I experience on your resume. And that's just a huge win. So we really look at bringing clients together, doing different things and giving our students these huge opportunities. Well, it sounds amazing. So tell us a little about the fortress. You know, how many spectators? Like, I've seen some of these videos, and it's quite an impressive venue, to say the least. Yeah, definitely. The fortress is an, it is incredible. It's about 11,240 square feet or so, um, and it's uh, fully capable of doing pretty much anything. And, and that's kind of one of the things that I love the most about the fortress is essentially it can be just a black box at the beginning, right? When you we bring a client in, we show them, Hey, this is what the fortress is. Obviously, we turn on all the lights, the bells and whistles, lasers are going, and it looks real cool. But then we turn that off and be like, now we want to imagine what your event is going to be. You know, are you looking for a spectator event? Do you want a ton of people in here? Is that what you're going for? Or are you looking to make more of a like a streaming event where yes, there's some some people in person and some some spectators and all that, but it's more about what you're sending out to Twitch or YouTube or wherever you're, you know, you're sending your stream. And so we're able to build a really unique. Um, you know, event per client. And the cool part about it, you know, we've obviously took a break during COVID uh, like everybody else, but since 2019, we've been doing a ton of different events and every one of them have been very unique. They not one looked exactly like the other. And that was something that uh, we really liked because it, it gave each one its own kind of personality. And so, you know, clients are able to come in and uh, we, you know, we put on this whole event and, and they're able to utilize all of the, technology that's in the fortress and and um you know we uh, just did the uh special olympics first ever uh esports um uh tournament <laughs> uh, the 2022 games special olympics games usa games were in orlando this year and we had been working with them uh the special olympics for like the last 
I would say three years because they were like, hey, we really want to get into esports. We don't know where to start. What what should we do? And so we, we kind of been working with them through that. Um, and then we did the very first one and it was an incredible event. Um, the, the Special Olympics, they have two Special Olympic athletes and then they have what's called a unified partner. Um, and this is a, you know, a player that doesn't have a developmental disability and they're able to work with them uh, with their other players to kind of coach, mentor, and help, uh, you know, in the game. And so we had, um, you know, a ton of teams come down in person and then some play online. Um, and it was a great event. It was uh, actually broadcast on ESPN2 as well, which was really cool. Um, and it just really, you know, proved the point that, you know, esports is for everybody. Um, and there's always opportunities to to get involved. And, and you know, the, the Fortress was a really cool space to put that on. And, and watching the families, I mean, it... It was definitely an emotional day uh, for myself, uh, you know, after a couple of years of working on it and seeing everybody come together and, and how happy, you know, the players were and the, the families that were involved with it um, was really cool. So we're excited to see what the Special Olympics does in the future. But, you know, we're really happy to be the host here in Orlando and obviously, you know, hold the first ever esports tournament in the Fortress. Well, definitely sounds like a good time, and it's amazing that you know you're able to provide these opportunities. So, in addition to kind of the hands-on stuff, what are some of the academic courses that are kind of offered in the esports and gaming vertical? Yeah, we actually just launched a game business and esports bachelor's degree um, with a, a lot of focuses on like the business side of gaming and esports, um, the the revenue generating side, community building side, uh, as well as kind of like the 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 planning, the strategic planning that goes into esports and gaming. Um, so really focus heavily on like game business models, uh, esports and, and gaming management, um, as well as like the culture that, you know, goes all into gaming um, and how to really engage with uh, your audience. And so uh, this program is pretty awesome. We have so many people that are, uh, you know, really excited and, and um, you know, some some grads are coming back, you know, to, to take a, a second degree because they want to get... Uh, the esports side of things as well, which is really cool. That is amazing. So, what's so unique about working with you know the college age demographic in in the esports segment? I, I would say probably the the passion, um, but it's not just like oh I want to do this. It's like I I want to do this, and I I see the path. You know what I mean? Where you you have these students that have been you know either glued to Twitch or YouTube and, and playing different games and and as it's getting formalized in you know the likes of like the call of duty league or uh the overwatch league and, and all of the others you see these these students that are really you know starting to hone in on there's there's so much more to esports than just being good at the game and being a pro gamer right there is a whole industry um that supports esports and professional esports and so for me for the from like um, the, the collegiate scene is like, obviously we have students that are like, Hey, I want to be a programmer. And that's, that's great. But we have a lot more that are like, Hey, I love playing games. I love being competitive. This is fun while I'm in college, but I'm more interested and excited about the future possibility of, uh, you know, careers in the esports industry. Right. And so I want to go work for XYZ org, or I want to work in production, or I want to work on the business side of, of esports, and so I, I think for me, that's like the unique aspect of this is that you know, while hey, who doesn't want to be a pro gamer? You know, you really get to see that there's so much more to it than just being good, right? And 
Um, and I think for our students, it, it really says a lot because they're very determined. They're very like, hey, this is the the goal. This is the direction I'm heading in. And I and I want to be the best at it. And then what can I do to gain more experience in that? So we have a ton of students that come and every like, hey, what's the, what's the next event we're doing in the Fortress? Because I want to I want to, you know, volunteer. I want to I want to try this this time. I want to work, you know, in this capacity. And so um, it, it's really exciting to, to watch and see those students, you know, that kind of like the sparkles in the eyes and and uh, you, you get them, uh, you know, amped up and they're really excited about it. So it's it's been a really cool um, you know, experience to watch. Absolutely. And their passion for it kind of fuses yours and it oh, yeah. lets you kind of be like, yeah, like we're onto something here. If they're really into it and we know college students don't want to do anything that they don't want to do, there's something there. Yep. Mm-hmm. So is there any kind of courses or curriculum that you think is kind of missing that would be beneficial to students that are, you know, kind of working in these potential professions? You know, I... And, and and I feel like this comes from being a streamer. I think there's so much opportunity and knowledge to gain from a space like streaming and content creation. Um, and, you know, I, I, at Full Set, we do have a ton of programs that touch on all aspects of, uh, you know, content and, and whether that's film, you know, or media or, you know, whatever it the cool part is that there's always a way and a path into those sort of things from the degree programs that we offer here on campus. But I'd say from like a more of a collegiate standpoint, um, I think the there isn't enough focus on the opportunities that learning to make content present. Um, not everybody's going to always go out and be a content you know, creator, um, or necessarily be successful at it. But I think the fundamental skills that you learn while going through that, like video editing, um, you know, how to set up some lighting in a room. So your camera does look, doesn't look, uh, too terrible, you know, learning the ins and outs of OBS and all of the things that go into that. Like there's so many great plugins that have been developed for, uh, you know, OBS and there's so many cool integrations that you can get into. And it's, uh, for a lot of times, and, and me specifically, it's like a going down a rabbit hole uh, of YouTube videos when I'm like, oh, I want to try this with my stream. And then I find the thing that can make that happen. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And you just go down that. And all of a sudden, you just gain all of this knowledge. And when you think about it, like people, these are jobs, you know, like if you're going to work at a, you know, a news studio, like understanding all of the the ins and outs of things like OBS and how that works is like part of a job. You're running essentially as a streamer you're running your whole production you know and if you have different scenes and, and all of these things that you're setting up like you're you're putting on a show like that's very valuable knowledge that not everybody has uh, and if you really get into it and you have that aspect i mean that's a, that's a huge uh leg up for you when you get out into that career you know for so i feel like if anything's not, I don't necessarily say it's missing, but I think more of an emphasis on on that sort of thing is a huge opportunity for students. And and you know, talking with some of our uh, you know kids here at Full Sail, I you know we decided that we wanted to have other components outside of just um, uh, you know varsity esports. So we created a stream team, um, and these are all students that. Uh, maybe didn't want to participate uh, from a competitive standpoint or didn't have time or whatever, but they still wanted to participate in Armada, which is our, um, you know, our kind of our gaming community. Right. And 
Uh, so we had, we launched the stream team. It was during the pandemic. It was actually kind of like, Hey, what should we do? Oh, let's try this, you know? And, um, now we have about 20 students on the stream team. Uh, they'll stream on their Armada channel. They'll stream on their channel. Um, and it's just having a good time playing games, you know, talking to people about what they're passionate about. But I think this brings a huge, you know, opportunity to the table of, of becoming knowledgeable, opening up a door that they didn't think was there. Um, you know, we have a, a student that is on a stream team that ended up getting uh, hired to be like a roaming reporter during um, the XP League um, North American finals that we held on our campus. So they were walking around with a microphone, interviewing people, asking questions, which was really cool. And that all kind of came from, you know, just being a streamer and like, you know, having an audience and talking to people and then, you know, transition that into like a hosting kind of role like that, that can go a really long way. Um, we do the same thing with casting. We have the Dan Patrick School of Sports Casting is one of our bachelor degree programs here. It's an incredible program, but we're seeing a ton of students that are coming into that degree that are more interested in, in like esports uh, than necessarily like traditional sports. And uh, well, I'll say that they're also interested in traditional sports because who isn't? But also they have interest in esports. Uh, but we see a ton of uh, of students that are doing that now, and you know they getting emails after emails. Hey, I really want to cast some of the Armada matches. What do I do need to do? So we started a casting program uh, where our, our, you know, our students are casting all of the Armada matches, which has uh, been a lot of fun and, and, you know, trying to provide opportunities to those students, get them experience, get them, you know, like really good looking, you know, video for their, their demo reels and all of that. Um, and, and I think that's a huge part of, you know, um, the possibilities of the future of, of what this, you know, um, you know, can do right. Amazing. I, mean, I think that's so unique that you're able to be able to create this new lane for the students. So essentially what you said, like maybe they don't want to compete and go to scrims and kind of put in all the time that comes with competing at a high level, but they still want to build and be involved. And, yeah. You know, so how does that kind of work with, you know, player recruitment for the competitive teams as well as, you know, deciding who's on the stream team? Is it like yeah. you go and recruit players or do they come to you? Is it a combination? So we don't really do a whole lot of recruiting at full sale as far as our esports program is concerned. Um, and I think there's a, there's there's a couple answers to this, right? There's the the first one, which is the degree programs that we have at full sale are unique, and so to be successful in them, you really have to have that passion. You have to have that drive that I want to work in the gaming industry, or I want to be a studio engineer in a recording studio, or I want to be the person that's holding the camera. Uh, you know, on a film set in Hollywood, like those are the things that you you just have to kind of be in that mindset of saying, hey, this is I'm passionate about this and this I'm going to go get that. So from a recruiting standpoint, being like, hey, come play esports here, but you have no interest in any of the degrees that we offer. It's not really a great a great thing for anybody involved. Right. So we don't do a whole lot of like recruitment of come play the team but we do obviously have a lot of other aspects of of recruitment from a from a career and um a degree standpoint so there are obviously um you know if you're interested in those things then that's a that's a different story we're having a lot of conversations you know other things is like you know we have grads that are we're founding members of like uh you know infinity war who created call of duty so we have this huge call of duty population of students that they want to go to the place that one of their, you know, heroes went and uh, learn how to develop games. And, you know, so we have a ton of students that are like, oh, I'm a big Call of Duty player. I'm super competitive. I want to be on the team. So we hold tryouts. We have obviously 
um, you know, requirements uh, for our students. We actually don't allow students uh, to try out until they have successfully completed the first four months of their program. Um, we take one class uh, per month, um, or dependent upon the degree, uh, it's one class per month, sometimes two, but it's very fast paced. So you're, you're putting in maybe about 45, if not 50 hours a week uh, of dedication to the program. Um, so we want to make sure that you're building the, the responsible and, um, you know, good study habits early on so that when you get into your more intense classes, you're ready for that. Um, so we don't let students try it until they successfully completed their first four months. Um, we have a minimum 2.5 GPA, which is in line with most of the leagues that we play in um, requirement. Um, and then we also have something called uh, GPS, which is Global Professional Standards. And it's kind of like it's a unique thing for full sale, but it's in line with your GPA. And essentially, you start out at 100%. Um, and you only lose GPS points if you do something unprofessional. Um, so that could be in any scenario, in class, if you're working on a set, if you're uh, doing an event or something like that with one of the esports things that we're doing in the Fortress, you know, and did something unprof unprofessional, you can actually lose, you know, professionalism points. Um, and then that ties to our career uh, development uh, department. So when students are about to graduate or after graduation, um, you know, companies can come in and say, we want the best of the best, you know, and so we find the students that have the best GPA and the best GPS scores, and we're able to to show those uh, you know, students to potential, um, you know, employers. Um, and that's a huge opportunity. So if for all of our students, they always want to be on, you know, the, the, the most professional and, and have the best GPA. So that's a huge kind of part of, um, of the, you know, side of passion, right. Of, of wanting to be involved. Um, and, and it makes a little bit more of the, the recruitment side a little bit tougher when you don't have that sort of thing. So outside of that, with the stream team, similar uh, requirements, um, but we also require that there are affiliates uh, on Twitch um, because we want this to be something that is helping build your personal brand, right? So, uh, you know, a thing we see a lot of the streamers do is they'll, you know, always be promoting their personal channel while they're on the Armada channel. New people are coming in, you know, the Armada channel may have a little bit more visibility. It's another, you know, it's a partnered Twitch channel. Um, and so uh, if they can promote their own personal channel while streaming and new people coming in, oh, hey, follow my channel, twitch.tv, whatever, you know, like they're able to then click on that and, uh, you know, then, you know, have a new part of that audience or they join that community or whatever. Uh, it, it opens up a lot more, I think, doors for that. Um, and, and, you know, so far the students that are participating in both, you know, we have some people that are on the stream team and on a, a varsity team, um, and it, it makes it pretty intense, uh, but, uh, they, they seem to be enjoying it. Amazing. So it really gives you the ability to hopefully transition this, however angle you want to take it. Yeah. So how do you determine which games and, you know, leagues and tournaments, you know, the team competes in? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think one of the things that um, makes us unique, again, is that our administration, um, you know, was 100% on board from day one. Uh, you know, all the, all the people at the school were saying, yeah, this is a thing uh, that we're doing. Uh, and that is huge because there's so many schools uh, in the collegiate space where they don't have buy-in you know, from above. Right. And, um, that is unfortunate, you know, I, I feel for those schools and we always try to, uh, do as much as we can to, to help them out. Um, you know, because 
we're, we're, we're lucky in that sense, you know, um, that, that we have a ton of support and, and unfortunately not everybody does, you know, have that, but, um, we, from the very beginning said that we're going to play anything that our students are passionate about, um, and interested in. And so w w it, it's a, it's a good thing and not a necessarily a bad thing, but, um, I always tell the story about how one of the first seasons that we had, I was a huge PUBG fan and uh, we had a PUBG team. It was great. One of our kids made the all-star team that season. Um, and then the next season we held PUBG tryouts and no one showed up. And I was very confused. I was like, what happened? <laughs> but then we held Fortnite tryouts and, uh, uh, you know, a bajillion people showed up uh, to try out for Fortnite. And I was like, Oh, okay. We're just going to have to go with the wave here. Right. And so, you know, that first season we had a, you know, PUBG team, then we didn't. And then we had a Fortnite team. And then the next season we didn't have a Fortnite team because they all moved on to, you know, something else. The same thing with CSGO and Valorant, you know, like games kind of come and go. And we want to provide that opportunity to, to all of our students to have and participate in the game that they're passionate about. The one thing that we ask always is like, you have to like build community first. And so if there's enough of a community um, in like the full sailor Armada discord or on campus at our club gatherings, we hold a, a club gathering every month where students kind of come in. It's kind of like a bring your own console kind of thing, food, drinks, you get to mingle with, you know, other like-minded gamers. Um, but you know, if you're building this community there and like everyone's saying, Hey, you know, a good example is last season, we didn't have an overwatch team. There wasn't really a, a lot of people interested in playing the game. Uh, and then this season, obviously, as we come up on Overwatch 2 to coming out, uh, you know, we've seen a lot more people that were way more interested in. And so they were all working hard to, like, build that community at the club events as well as in the Discord. And sure enough, obviously, uh, we held a, tr a tryout for that as well. So we'll be competing in Overwatch again this year. Um, but that's really how it comes down is that obviously there's a lot of other things on the backside that we do, we, you know, as far as, like, uh, looking, okay, here's where we can play. You know, these are the leagues that are offering collegiate, uh, you know, gameplay for Overwatch or Rainbow Six Siege or whatever game it may be. You know, there has to be a, a legitimate league uh, that's available for our, our teams to play in. Uh, if as long as those things are, you know, checked off the list, then it's, uh, you know, a pretty, a pretty easy, um, you know, decision to say, okay, let's, let's spin this team up. Let's hold our tryouts. Let's, Let's get going. And, and from there, we're able to, to continue to build, um, you know, that community. And, and the, the students are, it gives them a little bit of ownership as well, I think, because you, you want them to feel that, that ownership, that connection uh, right, to, their team. to their team. You know, this is our team. We we're doing this. We have this. We're building this. And that's a, that's a really important piece. So we, we actually have 10 teams. Uh, which is kind of crazy. And that doesn't include the stream team that that's all or our casting team, you know, but um, it, it's something that most, most schools, most collegiate schools, the year three, you know, and it's usually like league of legends, rocket league and overwatch is usually the ones and obviously Valorant's getting real popular too. So that's kind of coming up, but it, most schools are only doing a handful of games. And so we do, you know, have to, to work a, a little bit harder here to, to support 10 different titles, but we currently play in apex, uh, call of duty, halo, league of legends, overwatch, rainbow six siege, uh, rocket league, smite, uh, super smash brothers, uh, Valorant. Um, and that's, that's it. Yeah. And we just, uh, came in, I think our team came in second place. Um, in our, in, our, in our smite league that we're that we compete in so that was a pretty big win for for our guys and, and girls so that was really exciting um 
but yeah, it it makes it a little challenging when you have that many uh, you know titles that you're supporting. Uh, you know, and we've got a great team. We've got two team managers that uh, are really um, you know boots on the ground and 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 working with these students every day uh, that that um, you know give them the opportunities to go out play and be successful. So we're, it's it's really exciting. Do the teams have individual coaches, Is there like a player coach, and how does that kind of work? Yeah, so we have coaches as well, um, and these are. Uh, for the most part, there are grads. They're full cell grads that are coaching um, these teams. A lot of times, there are grads that were a member of that team uh, when they were a student here too. So I feel like again, it gets that to that like ownership of being involved and um, you know continuing on that legacy of of what you what you did when you were a student here. Um, so yeah, we've got that, and then there we do um, we have other positions for. Uh, students that are on the teams uh, to help and kind of organize in that capacity uh, as well, which is really nice. Um, but um, but yeah, coaches, and then we have, like I said, our two team managers that are overseeing all of the teams. Amazing. So currently, are like you know top high school players being steered to different colleges? Do you think this is you know a business that is being developed or that needs to be created? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, there's a, there's plenty of, um, kind of people in that space recruiting, you know, we're big fans of eFuse and, and what they're doing with their pipeline. And, and again, for full sale, it's not necessarily something that we're actively recruiting. We just kind of, kind of let the school and, and, and the program recruit for itself. Um, but I think that there is, um, going to be, you know, a real emphasis on formalizing, um, you know, more, even more now, um, that kind of recruitment process from, for, you know, esports because of all of the, the different variables that come into play, um, you know, when, when looking at this. And, and I think the reality is that it is, which is an incredible reality is that people are getting to go to college to play competitive video games. And they're get, some schools are offering like full rides to, to some of these top players. And that, that's incredible, you know, to even think to say that, you know what I mean? And so, um, you know, there's a lot of opportunities we've given out uh, a lot of scholarships as well to our students. We did it in a little bit of a different way where, um, you know, our uh, partner Orlando Health, uh, they they're the, they have the naming rights to the fortress and they provided about $50,000 worth of scholarships for our students. And so we instead of using that to like recruit, we, you know, wanted to support the students that have been building our program um, that we're currently in it. And so we, we gave those to some casters, we gave them to some players, we gave them to, uh, some coaches, we gave them to, um, uh, some streamers like that were on the stream team, like it. And so we really just wanted to, you know, uh, focus on the people that were here, you know, doing, doing the work now, um, that needed that support. And that was a huge deal. So, but to get back to kind of the question, I think that there's going to be a whole nother industry. I mean, just like any other traditional sport there's a there's a whole industry when it comes to recruiting you know and um you know the all of these different leagues uh they all have and bring you know different opportunities but as schools especially like when you think about like high schools and middle schools we we work with a lot of uh the high schools and 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 middle schools here in in the uh central florida area and um they're formalizing their esports efforts which is the coolest thing in the world but I really think about the like five year plan of that is that this is going to provide probably the best 
esports players, the best esports athletes that we've ever seen in the collegiate space. Once these these programs get really finalized and and that system works, because you'll go from middle school like. I, I grew up playing football and hockey and baseball and like you playing team sports. That's a big thing. But when you kind of transition that to gaming, most people don't <laughs> take advice. Well, sometimes in gaming, you know, like <laughs> if you play Warzone with your buddies, most of the time, if you're still alive, they're the one telling you what to do. And you're like, yo, bro, you're dead. Like <laughs> I'm still alive. Let me play, you know? So it's always that kind of weird, like part of gaming, having a coach and like doing all of that. But as students go through that process from middle school to high school, they, they're really going to get that coaching. They're going to learn um, how and the best practices to have. They're going to be able to combat ta- uh, toxicity, which is obviously still a huge problem. Um, and I think these, these you know, students that are going to go through this program you know, from middle school to high school and then into the collegiate space are going to be probably some of the best uh, you know, student athletes that uh, have existed in these sports from a collegiate standpoint because they're coachable. They have all of these things. They know, they're knowledgeable in, in these areas and they know what they're doing. And I think that's a huge opportunity, um, you know, for everybody in the collegiate space, because it's just going to make things so much easier. And these students are going to be the ones benefiting the most from it, which is going to be great because they're going to be able to pay for school potentially, uh, you know, by playing video games. And, and that's, that's a really exciting time. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I talk about this a lot about that path and, and everybody's like, well, what about the path to pro? And I'm like, I think it's more of a path to professional, like getting into the industry. That's more of an opportunity than, you know, trying to necessarily go pro. But, you know, all of those things open doors. And I think that's the most important part. 100%. And that kind of leads to, you know, a question on this where, you know, I recently just had an article on the Esports Observer kind of looking at how the NCA's changing stance on name and likeness and how it might impact college esports and the whole ecosystem there where, you know, I kind of believe that you could have always been a pro gamer, a streamer and played college esports. Mm-hmm. However, you couldn't have really done that and also been on a football scholarship mm-hmm. or a basketball player. So I think it kind of makes the ability to be that, to have to be signed to team liquid and also be the star quarterback. And- yeah. To have name and likeness deals the same way the you know the Oklahoma Sooner QB is you know selling one hundred fifty dollar autographs on footballs. Mm-hmm. You can do meet and greets and gaming tutorials. So, yep. do you think that's something that's going to start growing? Is that going to be you know the similar kind of collectives that you're starting to see at some of these schools to give you know players opportunities? It's like you sign with us, you get a HyperX deal and mm-hmm. a starter kit and an affiliate code. Is that how this is going? You know, I've I never thought that like in that kind of oh you sign with us and here's all of these things that you get right you know like that but that's that's huge I mean that would be um, you know definitely a step in 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 a different direction you know for them I think that the ability to uh, be kind of a self sustaining business in itself uh, that's you like as a str- like as a streamer right like this is my brand I am I play these games. But I also do this this other thing outside of being on Twitch, you know, and and that's maybe where there's a lot more popularity. But I think like even your analogy to like being signed to Team Liquid and being the quarterback for the football team, that would be a really cool combo, you know. Like, hey, it's a little bit of crazy both worlds. But um, you know, I'm I'm definitely supportive of the opportunity, um, you know, to provide students with what they deserve. You know, they're the ones. That 
working hard. They're the ones doing all of that. They should be able to benefit from those things. It's just kind of the same thing how, you know, at Full Sail, if our if our teams go off and they win, uh, you know, let's say they win uh, $10,000 in a tournament, that's theirs. Like, that's we're not taking that money. That's They worked hard for it. They get it. They split it as a team. And, and that's really important, you know? Like, they should be able to... Uh, you know, have that money and what they use that for, that's up to them. You know, um, hopefully they use it to pay off their loans or whatever, but you know, that's, that's just how it goes. So, you know, you, you, I think have to, um, you think about the individual in the, in these scenarios and, and, and say, Hey, you know, this is, you know, the institutions have made a lot of money off of this for a long time. Right. You know, and, um, you know, let's 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 give that back to the students. So I, I am happy about the progression that they've made for sure. Um, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Absolutely, I see schools being able to offer like, oh, well, we have the local pizza place, and you can get free pizza there. <laughs> and once a month, we hold a gaming, you know, event where we bring. So right. I just feel like it's going to open a whole new area, and you know, the merchandise opportunities and being able to kind of be a Twitch streamer like, you know, you and not have to worry that someone's giving you donations and now you're going to be ineligible because yep, you're making yep. money from a business because you have an LLC for tax mm -hmm. and it's just, you know, interesting. So why'd you kind of start streaming and what are some of the games that you stream, you know, shifting a little bit? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, you know, uh, I, I played music for uh, a really long time um, and when I knew that was kind of it's not that I wasn't having fun doing it anymore. I just kind of was like, all right, um, yeah, I'm ready for something else now. And that's when I found Twitch. And, um, and that was like 2014, 13, maybe. Um, and, uh, I was like, Whoa, this is awesome. Like, this is really cool. I, I like this. So I started watching and I was, um, playing at the time it was battlefield four, I think. Um, and really started getting into it. And then this game, this little tiny game was a little spec on the map called destiny came out. Um, which is funny cause I wasn't paying attention to it at all. Uh, uh, you know, Bungie, uh, they made halo and I was like, ah, I did the halo thing. The same, it seems similar, but then they sent me a, a code to the alpha for PlayStation. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll check it out. It's a free game. Why not? And I was like, how have I not been paying attention to this game? This is incredible. What am I doing? And ever since then, that was it. I was hooked. Destiny was the thing. And then I was like a Destiny streamer and, um, you know, was able to build a community. And, and you know, at, the, at those times, uh, you know, I was working at Full Sail still. I've been at Full Sail now almost 16 years. Um, and, uh, you know, I was I was working in like a student capacity, um, you know, helping mentor students, uh uh, through their program um, and, and doing student support uh, initiatives. And um, they, <laughs> I was just like, this is the, this is the future. I want to work, you know, I want to like be a full-time streamer. And so I started making those efforts and, um, you know, had ups and downs and um, uh, eventually, uh, you know, got partnered on Twitch, uh, which was great. And that's when things really changed because I was assuming that that was going to be where I would, oh, okay, I'm just going to be a full-time streamer now. And then this opportunity presented itself with full sale. And, uh, you know, they, Hey, we're really formalizing our esports program. We're really interested in working with you. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like, this is awesome. Like what? Uh, and so that kind of really changed my trajectory, uh, when it came to what my plans were with my channel. So now streaming is just, you know, it's a, it's, it's a hobby now for me. And so I do a part-time, uh, 
uh, well, it's still stream like three times a week. Um, but I also have a website um, that myself and my business partner own uh, called whereisdur.com, which is a Destiny 2 website. Um, and if you've ever played Destiny, you may know who Zer is. Uh, but basically, he's this, uh, this guy that sells um, exotic items. So um, gear and weapons uh, in the Destiny world. Um, and he only shows up on Friday at, at a certain time. And he's there from Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then he leaves on Tuesday. So you have to go there. And every week, uh, it's new and unique gear. It's, uh, obviously, it goes through a, a cycle. It's the same gear over and over, but it's just random. Um, but we have this website, whereisthere.com, uh, which is a really popular Destiny website. So we built a channel for just that website called Zerwatch, uh, which is live every Friday, uh, about an hour before Destiny's reset, which is normally... Uh, Currently, it's at 1 p.m. Eastern time, uh, but obviously that could change uh, depending upon uh, the the season. But uh, he shows up, we find him, and he can be on a random planet. Uh, so we go find him, uh, and then we update our website and do a you know whole YouTube video and everything. Uh, but we have a huge audience for this. A, a ton of people come to the site right at at, uh, at reset on Friday. So we're you know sitting maybe like anywhere from. Uh, three to five thousand viewers, uh, which is wow, always fun. Impressive. Um, yeah, but it's it's a really cool community because people are excited about it. They want to know what he's got. Hey, is this good? You think this is a god roll? Like, is this a good weapon? Should I get this? Should I buy that? And the the really cool thing is most people like myself who have been Destiny veterans, not a lot of it matters anymore because you have all the gear. The rolls matter because if you're trying to build a specific like. Uh, build for your character like you may need more resilience than strength so you want to find that role that's got like a high resilience to it so as there comes he has random roles for all of the exotics as well they do bring some legendary items um but essentially uh you know this whole this whole thing kind of you know came out of nowhere for us and it was just us streaming zur and 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 it all lined up eventually and um you know here we are now um we do this every friday um it's it's a it's a lot of fun and both myself and my business partner, uh, XOXO Kara Lee, uh, you know, really enjoy doing this. And again, it gets, it's an opportunity to get out there with that community uh, of gamers that are, that are, you know, in love with the game and, um, you know, really want to, um, you know, see what, see what they can do to build their, you know, class in a different world. So, um, you know, for me, that was, you know, one of those things where, uh, I've got an outside, uh, you know, business that, that we run, um, and then the full-time, which was a, the plan was to be a full-time Twitch streamer. And then this op huge opportunity with Full Sail came. And it was one of those things where, you know, I'd always dreamed of working in the game and, you know, esports industry. That was always a, a, a goal. You know, I, I remember my very first esports event was MLG Ohio in 2013. And they were playing uh, Call of Duty Ghost and Dota 2. And, and I went with Full Sail to represent the school and, and talk to potential students. Um, and I, I think that's that specific event like changed everything for me. You know, it was like seeing all of this, seeing the hype, seeing the players, uh, you know, going, talking to players that, that were professional, that were Full Sail grads. Uh, Matt Burns, who's uh, a legend in the industry, is the uh, uh, GM of E United as a Full Sail grad. I talked to him at that event, like for the first time. And, like, and it's just like one of those things where you like you, you, you really got to see it. And so, um, you know, for me, things changed pretty drastically. And I was able to, um, you know, um, 
honored and, and lucky to to be able to represent the school in, in this capacity and um, you know really focus on you know building that culture and 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 growing uh, what we do with esports at, at full sail. Awesome. So, what advice do you have for any students that are applying for you know full sail to join its esports program? Yeah, I think it, it depends on the what you're looking to apply for as far as like the the teams. Are you looking to compete? Um, you know, and in in that case, then it's it's really focused on uh, a couple things. A studies are that's number one. It's always going to be number one for us, and and you need to be successful in your classes. So making sure that you're putting in the time there that's a huge important piece of this puzzle. Um, I feel you know, weird about saying that because when I was a kid, all I want to do is play video games, but I can see now how important, you know, the grades and studying and all of the other parts of being a pro gamer, um, uh, you know, are, are how important those are. Um, and so, you know, managing your time effectively, working your, your studies, that's a huge part. Um, the other thing is uh, also knowing like what you say on the internet is forever, you know, and, you you really right? Why don't these kids get that? I've I, seen so many people <laughs> like a tweet or a like or like. There's always a screenshot, even if you do it a second mm-hmm. later. Someone got it. And people look at this all the time. I mean, we every student that uh you know comes onto our team gets uh you know kind of uh you know a social media check, and we go through every and we just if there's anything like I believe firmly in the freedom of speech, but there's just some things that, uh, you know, like, Hey, no, that's not cool. You can't, no, that's, you can't say these things like, um, that we have a zero tolerance policy for toxicity. And, and that's a really important piece of the puzzle for us is that, you know, um, if you're going to play and you're going to be able to do all the really cool things that come with being on a, you know, an esports team here at the school, like you have to, uh, maintain that level of professionalism, you know? And, uh, I, it's, it's really sad to see, you know, people that have a lot of potential, um, you know, squander it by not, you know, oh, I, I post whatever I want, you know, or I do those things like the internet is for, is forever. And, and, uh, you know, the things that you say people will find, you know, and that's something that it's just really important to, um, to know that. So, you know, that's always the best advice is like really try to focus on, you know, being a good person and, and, um, you know, supporting others and, uh, being inclusive like that, that's a huge, huge part of being involved with our program. Um, and, uh, then from like a content side of things, if you're a streamer or more importantly, if you're like a caster building a demo reel, um, even for competitive players, building a demo reel, like your best highlights, uh, you know, and, and anything that shows off like what you're capable of, like, that's a huge, a uh, huge deal. Like a lot of, especially again, we don't necessarily do recruitment, which doesn't mean that I don't get a lot of recruitment emails from players that are, Hey, I, this is what I do. Here's my stuff. And a lot of times it's like a link to a stat page and a link to this, which are great. Obviously going through and looking at stats are great, but the ones that stand out to me, um, the ones that I pass along to our team managers and be like, Hey, what do you think this person's, you know, they're signing up, they're coming here for sure. This is that the, they're really into this. Like, are the ones that have like a reel with it. They have some sort of media, uh, uh, you know, there was one that was a student and they had like a full on, like, Hey, my name's blah, blah, blah. You know? And like, they went through, these are the games I play, but this is what I'm passionate about. This is my channel. I have this many, you know, followers or whatever. And like, they, they go through a whole thing of like kind of pitching themselves 
uh, in that. And those stand out. Like, I think that's a, that's an important thing is like, utilize the tools that you have at your disposal. Like, you know, if you don't know how to make a demo reel, you can, you know, jump on YouTube, you f- learn, you know, or, you know, hire somebody on Fiverr to, <laughs> you know, make it for you. But there's a lot of opportunity to stand out when you provide things like that. So if you're looking to get seen, you know, be unique, you know, stand out. So what kind of advice do you have for people that are maybe trying to get into the esports business? You know, whether you're a student transitioning into the professional mm-hmm. world or just someone from one profession trying to move over. Yeah, I think the first and foremost, like just like in streaming, is like don't quit your day job, you know, and then be like, oh, I'm just gonna go full time streaming. You know, like that's not always a great path. And and uh, you know, there's a lot of luck involved with people that do that that are that end up being successful. Um with, with people that are trying to cross into the industry, um, I think one thing that um, is really important is volunteering for events around you in your local area. Um, whether that's if you're a student at Full Sail volunteering for our events, that's great. But I mean, there's so many places that do weekly, you know, tournaments. Uh, there's a lot of... Uh, like card shops, hobby shops, things like that here in Orlando that do weekly and monthly smash tournaments. Um, and they always need help. Uh, and so if you, if you volunteer for those things, those are all things that you should be putting on your resume. Like, Oh, uh, you know, I was a tournament operator for, uh, you know, this card store or whatever I did, um, you know, um, operations for this or that you like putting that in in your resume is really important because most of these places that are going to be hiring from like a from a um you know event side uh they want to see experience and if you don't have it it's very hard so getting that now while you can especially if you're a student is so valuable um because if you can you know if you're at full sale and your degree is two years and you can use that two years and get a ton of experience while doing that you've got a huge leg up. If you're at a four-year institution, using all four of those years to do stuff in the industry, uh, volunteering for different things is a huge, huge win. Uh, And a lot of times when we see volunteers that come in and they, hey, I want to be a part of this, I want to volunteer my time. The next time we have an event, we're able to take those volunteers that have been continually volunteering for a bunch of stuff and put them into more elevated roles so they're getting more experience. Uh, And for for all of those students we know who you are now like hey like come come over here we've got this cool thing we want you to do you know like i think the visibility aspect of it is huge because people are able to be like oh this person works really hard they're very good at what they do they volunteered their time i want to give them more opportunities hey what are you interested in what are you trying to go into what is your dream job you know oh, i want to do this okay we're going to get you experience in that so that you have that as you move forward uh, into your into your career and and that's you know super important stuff so volunteer as much as you can especially if you're a student um, obviously it's great to get paid and and who knows volunteer work can eventually maybe get in, turned into a, a paid position um, but you know getting that experience uh, is super valuable um, if you're working full-time and, and you're not a student and um, you know you're you're trying to get into the industry um, the best probably path is creating content um, and just make stuff. Um, you don't have to be sponsored by Elgato to make a unboxing and review of the Elgato stream deck. You can just do that, you know, and you put that out there and if it gets enough views, they may get their attention, you know, you never know. And so, um, building your own kind of brand, uh, on that sense is a huge, 
kind of way to get into that area. Obviously, there's a lot of other people also doing that same thing. So it's challenging. You have to stand out again, be unique. But um, the best part and the best advice that I can can say is just getting up and doing it is always the hardest. And it's the most rewarding if you if you actually do it is to just start doing the thing that you want, you know, and that's holding tournaments, you organizing your own tournaments, you starting a channel that you put and post videos on, you going to your local land centers and helping with any tournaments that they're, they're running. Um, you know, there's a lot of opportunity just about going out there and getting it. 100%. And, you know, as Nike says, just do it. And I think yeah. that's advice I try to tell to people. It's like, you wanted to know where the guy in destiny was and you made a mm -hmm. website where everyone was looking and you know, <laughs> however many years later and thousands of people like that's culture, you know, yeah. like you have a community behind you. And I think, you know, we into the next question, you know, what's your favorite part about working in the esports and video game space? Um, you know, I love doing stuff like this. Obviously this is the, this is the fun part of my job. Um, I love traveling. I love getting to go to conventions like, like where we we actually got to meet for the first time at at PAX, which which was great. Um, but I think that really for us, it's it's building you know relationships um, and, and meaningful ones that uh, you know aren't just uh, hey I need this thing and that's it. Like that's the, the entire relationship for for us. It's it's really um, you know trying to uh, build opportunities because at the end of the day, for me working at Full Sail, you know, it's about what our grads are able to do. And if we're able to build and network and, and create these relationships with all of these different esports brands or, or, um, organizations, like that's a huge win for our grads because then when they're like, Hey, we have a position available. We can send them a bunch of people that are like hundred percent qualified for that. Um, and create more opportunities for everybody. And, you know, we've got students or excuse me, grads that are out there uh, running their own programs across the country, you know, that they've started their own esports, you know, uh, teams at schools across the country. And that's huge. So they were members of Full Sail Armada and now they're running their own programs. And like, that's just one of those things that's just so, so cool to see, um, you know, because they're, they're out there doing it, you know, and um, that's building then the, the, the further, you know, relationship with, uh, you know, them and us and, and how we all move forward. So, you know, for me, my favorite, my favorite part is, is just being able to, um, you know, go out there and, and, and meet new folks and, and build those relationships. Absolutely. So to kind of bring this towards the end, what's the future of college esports and where's kind of full sail going from here? You know, what's some of the upcoming stuff? Yeah, you know, I, as these as these um, you know leagues and 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 games get more formalized in the in the collegiate space, we're already seeing a lot of people pay more attention. Um, you know, the good example is Efuse. You know, purchasing um, the Call of uh, Collegiate Call of Duty League and. Uh, the Carball League, Collegiate Carball League, uh, and now those are offered uh, underneath. You know, if you like, that's a huge thing, and so we're. Gonna, I feel like we're going to see more of those type of acquisitions um, as well. I mean, look at what Riot's doing there. You know, they're really focused on building, um, you know, opportunity there for the collegiate space as well. Um, and I think that's that's going to be, um, you know, really uh, kind of the escalation of all of that as it coming together and really formalizing this. Um, as a as a core component um, that the collegiate space may become, um, you know, more of um, 
you know, the next thing right before the the professional league. You know, there's there's players out there that are, uh, if not as good, uh, just as good as the pros that are playing in the collegiate space, and that that's a that's a pretty big deal. So, uh, from a full spell full sale perspective, I think for us, you know, um, competitive is is huge, and and it's a huge part of our program, but um, the the career aspect is still priority number one. Um, and we, we really, you know, want our students, uh, to go off and be successful in, in these new industries and, and esports is just like, you know, football or hockey. There is a whole industry underneath the pros that are supporting that and making it what it is. And they've, you know, they just had a hundred years of, of time to develop that, you know, esports is building, um, and, and I think that, you know, as it continues to grow, um, that industry is going to be more prominent, um, and really have an opportunity for, you know, our grads to, to really take the lead. So we're, we're really excited on that front. Um, but it, it's, it's just growth, you know, it's going to be continuing to, to get bigger. And, and I'm, I would assume that we're going to see some pretty, um, you know, pretty incredible, uh, uh, partnerships or acquisitions uh, in regards to maybe developers uh, linking with with certain things. So, uh, plus, I think the I think the games are going to change too. I think there's going to be more um, interactiveness in the game itself um, from from like a from like a competitive perspective. Like, um, I don't know if that's like more of a viewable experience, but I think. As time goes on, things may change uh, as well, which would be a pretty cool and unique uh, aspect of it. Definitely. So, you know, I'll try to end my each episode with my three questions. So, you know, what's your favorite game to watch? You know, I am really bad at it, but I, I have had a really newfound love for Valorant um, and just the the intensity of those matches. I mean, I'm a huge Call of Duty fan as well, so that, like, I always have to say uh, watching the CDL is a a lot of fun as well, but uh, I just have this newfound love for, for Valorant competitive play. I, like I said, I am not good at the game (laughs) at all, but uh, watching it is, is just something completely different and and it's really fun and watching the the players that are so passionate about the game as well, you know, brings it, you know, full circle for me. So what's your favorite game to play? You know, obviously, I have my love for Destiny and Destiny Two, uh, but I am hundred percent in on Escape from Tarkov right now, and have been for a mm-hmm. long time. It's it's like the game that I always go back to, you know. Um, uh, but I've just been kind of taking a little bit of a break from from Destiny outside of the Fridays uh, on Zerwatch, um, and have been going pretty hard on on Tarkov. It's just the game's super intense, uh, very. Um, punishing <laughs> if, you, if you're familiar with the game you'll you'll understand what i'm talking about uh but it's a it's a very hardcore fps game um that uh is is also quite entertaining um because you know anything can happen amazing who's your favorite video game character oh um that is a great question i feel like i've always had uh like a love for sub-zero from mortal kombat okay i like um, that one yeah mortal kombat was like my jam when i was a kid uh and uh it was it was always at that tie between sub-zero and scorpion but i mm-hmm. always felt like 
being able to freeze things was cool. So I feel like that, <laughs> that, that wins. Amazing. Well, you know, thank you so much for joining us. This was amazing. So tell everyone where they can connect with you and see what Full Sail is working on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank, I mean, thank you for having me. And it's, uh, I know we've been talking about this for a long time, so I'm, I'm stoked that we're able to finally make it happen. Um, uh, I go by Damn It Bennett on the internet. So uh, pretty much anywhere you type that into Google, you f- you'll find me. Uh, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, uh, TikTok, Instagram, it's all at Damn It Bennett. Um, and then you can follow the Full Sail Armada channels on, um, uh, respectively, on, on all those platforms as well. Just Full Sail Armada, all one word. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, mean, I would say, uh, you know, if you're ever down in Florida and, and we're hosting an event go to fullsailarmada.gg, uh, check, uh, the, the schedule or calendar to see what's happening. Um, and if there's something happening in the, in the fortress, uh, you should come on by and, and check out, uh, you know, the space. Cause it's, it's a pretty incredible opportunity to see that, uh, action, you know, live. Definitely. So, you know, thanks everyone again for tuning in and to our amazing guests, make sure you check out what. Full Sail has to offer. Definitely one of the leading schools on this. And, you know, the Fortress doesn't seem too shabby. So, <laughs> you know, everyone make sure to follow me on Twitter, Justin J E S Q. Check Apple Podcasts for all our past episodes.